Yo, what up, people? It's your boy, Trad Dave, and I'm back again. Needle to the groove, you know what it is. You know how I feel. You know how I do. You know what I you know what I do with this thing, man. At, at this point, I think everybody's familiar with what I do. Uh, shout out to the DJs. Uh, it's been moving, man. And uh, today's guest, this is my guy. So let, this is, I want to make it very clear because we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We, it's going to get very interesting. But this is my guy. Um, before Orange Soda, I mean, he used to be in the clubs and I used to just go stand by him in the DJ booth. And, you know, we would talk records and... Now we in a group chat. We've been in a group chat for a couple years, man. And uh, we literally talked every day. You know what I'm saying? We talked this hip-hop shit every single day, man. So um, we going to get into some real talk, though. We going to have some honest uh, conversation today. But uh, without no further ado, man, the Orange Soda King himself, yes, man. Sir. You know, welcome to the show, DJ Burn. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been a long overdue. When was the last interview? I, I was trying to look it up. 2019. It was around 2019 because it was uh, Orange Soda Fest. Okay, yeah. Which was, which is crazy, right? Because I was thinking about this earlier. Um, by the time this come out, he will already be here. Yeah. But Manny Fresh. Yes, sir. And then when we did the first interview, it was around the time Manny Fresh. Okay. So, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Manny Fresh is, uh, <laughs> he's the common theme right here. Um but, uh, yeah, the last interview was dope, man. That was more of a personal interview yeah. uh, just to get to know you. You know what I'm saying? That was a couple years ago. So I'm so happy to run it back. Yes, uh, this interview, we're going to nerd out about DJ shit. Uh, we're going to get into some shit, but we're going to nerd out about DJ shit, man. So the first question I ask all my DJ friends that's been on the show is, why DJing? Um, I like to provide um, good times to people. I feel like music is the great equalizer um, when it comes to whatever demographic you are. You know, a good music uh, gives you a good vibe. And there's so much, you know, trials and tribulations in the world. I like for people to be able to just listen to a song and have a good time and and um, listen to new music and discover new music and then take that along with them. So um, I always said I'm pretty sure I said it on the last one, too, that. I would DJ for free if, if people didn't make money off of it because I like doing it. I like playing music. Um, I like making mixes and listening to myself. Word. Um, it's just really all about the music, to be honest. All about the music. So how is music like in your household? Like what kind of music was being played? Um, you know, I know your background. I'm pretty sure most people do. But for, not, for those who don't, you're Korean and black, right? Correct. So, what was the music like in your household? So, yeah, uh, I grew up in a traditional American black household, uh, <laughs> you know. So, no Korean culture, for real, to be honest. Um, so, uh, you know, my dad from the south side of Columbus, my... Uh, <laughs> Yo, you're real. Yeah, my uh, my grandpa from Gary, Indiana. So, it's just, you know, just regular stuff. Voice. Yeah, so, just uh, a lot of Rick James, a lot of Bootsy, a lot of uh, George Clinton, Parliament, Funkadelic. Um, Al Green. I used to be on a bus in seventh grade with, with my CD discman listening to Al Green. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, uh, Doggy Style came out. Chronic and Doggy Style really, like, changed my life for real because that's, that's when I was in my years as, as developing as a person. And so yeah. when those came out, like, it, it, that and 400 Degrees probably had the most impact on me music-wise. I absolutely love 400 Degrees. Um, Cash Money really, and we'll get into that, 
speaking of Manny Fresh, like Cash Money really like gave me a different view of the South, you know, because I was definitely a no limit hater <laughs> to the fullest. I love the limit. <laughs> I end up I end up appreciating it later, but at the time. Like, I just thought they were, like, the worst rappers ever with the worst beats probably ever. Are. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought Cash Money was, like, the like the best rappers yeah. from the South. Like, oh, yeah, they can really rap. Yeah. Um, did your parents have a vinyl growing up? They did not. Um, my whole music experience was either watching MTV or BET or going to the library. And, they were, and you know, just borrowing CDs and probably not taking them back, tapes and CDs. But, yeah, they never had no vinyl. Um, I didn't even get my first piece of vinyl until, like, 2007. Mm. Which is like the okay. first year I started DJing. So okay, okay. Um, what was the ver- first CD that you bought with your own money? Oh, Doggy Style for sure. Doggy Style, yeah. damn. So that's '93. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that yeah. was the first one. And um, I wish I would have bought it on vinyl. Uh, but you know, at that time, I'm like, I don't even think we had a record player. My first experience with a record player was at Livingston Elementary when we had free time. We would listen to you had you had different activities. I would just listen to um, audio books on vinyl, just talking. So that's the vinyl. It's like a, it's like <laughs> where, a like, fake where? scratch on it. <laughs> Speaking of MTV, like how did MTV have an effect on you? Because I, I was, I'm just curious that you know, did everybody have the same experience? Like everybody in our age range have the same experience with um, MTV and BET. Like how did that affect you? Um, it just exposed me to different music that I wouldn't have listened to, um, as far as the radio is concerned. Because I remember specifically learning about um, No ID from uh rap city that's why i think we had a um conversation recently about people didn't know no id was dion backwards and i remember that specifically <laughs> from watching on bet back in the day so yeah that yo and tv raps at that time I, I wasn't really paying attention to the dj i was just listening to the music and and the artists that they featured and now that i go back and look at yo and tv raps they had a lot of dope ass djs in there in the background just doing their thing yeah um on <laughs> this ain't a plug but on paramount uh, if you got the app or whatever, they got uh, seasons like season. I think one, two, and three of Yo and TV Raps. Oh, really? Yes. I might have to pay for that then. Yeah. So I watch it sometimes, bro. And like the interviews, it's like Fat Fire Freddy doing interviews. I, the the artists they're interviewing, and there was a lot of like very East Coast bias. So they were asking questions yeah. like, "What do you think about rappers in the West?" And they would answer, and it would be real funny just because you could tell, like, right. this is the early days. And then obviously the classic one with Fat Five Freddy and NWA, and you know, Easy E talking about this is how we do it on the West Side, right. and, you know, and all that. Speaking of Fat Five Freddy, and it's probably a question you're gonna ask. I think we all had the shared experience of watching Juice. Yes, and Juice absolutely. having Juice having a major impact on us. As far as uh, wanting a DJ, and um, then when I got older and learned that it was DJ Scratch and all that stuff, I mean, <laughs> DJ Scratch teaching him too. Yeah, that, that was dope too. So shout out to Scratch, shout out to Scratch Academy. So speaking of DJing, what was the first piece of equipment that you got that you was like, all right, like I'm going to set my mind out to be a DJ? First piece of equipment I got, shout out to Paz too. Um, he um, went to high school with my sister. And so uh, when I when I told her I wanted to be a DJ, um, she linked me up with him. And the first thing he said, this is in 07. So he was like, make sure you get some 1200s. Make sure, and he was like, there's a new thing out called Serato. It's going to go, change the game. Make sure you get that. And then you should be good to go. And so I purchased, uh, I worked two full-time jobs three months in the summer to purchase a pair of 1200s. And uh, I had a Gemini. Six two six mixer. It was it was like twenty dollars off eBay. It was the worst mixer. I, I, I still have it. I still have it too. And I DJ for on that for like two three years. 
So yeah, I had Gemini Mixer, two 1200s, and the first vinyl I bought was two copies of Love Lockdown by Kanye West. I have no idea why. I don't know why that, that was. That song was real slow. Like, yeah, love and. No, actually, it's like 99 BPM. It's Is it? Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. That, and um, I randomly have a copy of. Uh, what was. Uh, Fabulous Make Me Better. I don't know why I bought that. I mean, that shit was hard. That's a joint. That was the first piece of vinyl I got. And, of course, I uh, bought Serato as well. Yes. You got Serato's in what, 07, 08? Yeah, right, 07. It was September, uh, August 2007. Damn, so it's been, you know what I'm saying? It's about to be 15 years. I don't know when it's coming out. My 15-year anniversary is September 9th, uh, 2022. It came out right right before that. Okay. So... That was your first DJ gig, September 9th. Yeah, I was at uh, Plan B. It's a club in Bowling Green. <laughs> that sounds insane. Plan B. <laughs> yeah, that's Plan B. You know, you play Plan B. Um, that was my first gig. They had uh, this was a um, student-owned venue, kind of like how, kind of like how our bar Marvin's. Like it was like owned by people of the uh, of the area. Um, one dude was from Detroit. One dude was from Cleveland. Um, it was just a big open room. And all they had was speakers, and that was it. No lights, no nothing. And uh, it was open the uh, first weekend of school because I went to Bowling Green. And then, but I guess they couldn't keep maintain a DJ. So uh, somebody that lived in my building was uh, in the same fraternity as them, and he um, like put me on. And he was like, all right, we're going to set you up. And yeah, that was my first gig, September 9th, 2007. And Six I, hours. Nigga, like on Serato? Yeah. So you already knew how, like... So explain Serato back then, like, so because you like now I have Serratos and I have Title and that's just the hard part is done. Right. So explain how Serato worked back then. So you know back in the day, you know, uh, you know Bear Shirt and you know all, uh, Limar, all that stuff. Was yeah, big. yeah. Z so Air, all those so so we downloaded all our music. I had all MP3s, and then so for Serato was basically just a way to get the MP3 to respond to the record, like the the record sent. A time code signal to the computer. The computer translate how fast it was going, and it moved the MP3 in that direction. So whether you play it fast, when you stop it, it'll stop. You can reverse it. You can scratch all that. So, it, but that was it. It was that and setting cue points. That was the only thing you can do on it. And even setting cue points was hard. Like all these other features that Serato DJ Pro and I got, got now, none of that was really available. So what I did was, uh, like I said, I, I worked that summer. Uh, I bought it. I probably, yeah, I said so I got it in early August. I went right in the basement and just started trying to mix songs together, just trying to set, set, see what sounded right together. Also, there was no, I think at that time, there was no BPM on the screen. Oh, so you just, shit. It might have been, but it, it was way harder to uh, match the BPM than, yeah. than it is now. And some Columbus culture for you. First two songs I mixed together was uh, Came Down and... Um, Damn, I forgot what that Veda song is called. Oh, uh, uh, Polo on My Body? No, the. Dumb Down? Uh, dumb Down. First two songs I'll drop this game. I done Dumb Down. And I, I got those to work, and then I just try to. Like, I was basically in my basement experimenting to see what sounded good together. Um, what I think sounded good together nine times out of ten didn't. So I was just trying to figure out like how to go from one record to the next. I, I, I wanted my main focus to be being able to transition. Right. So. As a, as a practicing DJ, and I've said many times on here, I'm a practicing DJ. I'm not a DJ. Um, how important to you is blending? So, 
It. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. So, I think more importantly, we need to talk about transitioning. Okay. Because transitioning ain't always a blend. Because I've seen. Explain. Explain. So, prime example. Um, I was listening to Kid Capri on uh, Drink Champs, I think. And he was talking about how, like, people can't do it like him because he he'll just drop a record. Like, no mixing, no scratching, just drop a record. And, you know, knowing where to drop it, knowing what to say in between. And somebody uh, locally that I know does that is Fate. Like, Fate don't do no blending. But he know what to say in between the records. He know where to cut one and drop another one. So it's more about knowing how to transition. Because you can mix two songs together, but I don't mean it sound good. And I don't mean uh, you mix them at the... You, you ain't start, start one at the right time, stop the other one at the right time. So I think mixing is important, but more importantly, knowing what transition... How to go from one song to the next whether that's mixing or just dropping a record in or however you do it. Yeah, because I... It, it, when, I, when I'm out, right, when I'm out, I always got my DJ ear on. And I, I, so we're going to talk about that too. So I, I can hear... I can hear some transitions and I really like them, but I really get like... As a, as a common as a common person, right, the, the crowd, do they... Do, you, do, do the crowd care about transitions or blends like no because um i've heard people say oh that was a crazy transition i'm looking at them like what the fuck are you talking about that was <laughs> terrible or um at the garden party i just did um i was playing march madness which is 120 this is dj nerd shit right yeah, it's okay. yeah so absolutely it's 120 bpm right and i was trying to go to sticky which is like 137 yeah so i sped up uh march madness to like 128 and slowed down Sticky. And I found a part in March Madness where it was just vocals and not beat, and I just looped it, like did like a halftime loop. So he was just basically repeating like, oh, 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 and then mixed in Sticky. And people were gonna be like, oh, that was crazy. And technically that shit sounded terrible, but people went crazy because it was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And then when they heard the beat, like, oh, now I know what's going on. And they enjoyed it, but for for somebody that's like musically trained or other DJs, it's probably like a, what are you doing? That doesn't that don't really sound good. Yeah, so let's let's go let's get there because we we do have real talk all the time in the chat. How do you feel when you hear other DJs play, and then how do you receive criticisms from other DJs? So going into my fifteenth year, I think I've learned I've learned a lot in the past year than I have over the, the previous ones, and we got to separate DJ culture from the DJ business. Because mm, talk about it. Because listen, um, it's absolutely two different things. Yeah, there are plenty of DJs that people spend their money to go out and see that I don't think are good DJs, and there are some great DJs that have no brand and couldn't sell out a phone booth. So it's like, which one do you want to be, and what conversation are we having? So when it comes to like like the question about transitions. The crowd don't know what a good transition is, but if you're trying to be in the business, it's about numbers. If you're trying to get people to come out, like, who do you cater to? Do you cater to people like me and you that are listening to every transition and, <laughs> yeah. and being real technical? Or do you cater to somebody that just want to hear the hits? It's like, it, it, it's a fine line. I'm trying to learn how to walk that line because, I mean, I could do what the crowd want me to do, but then I'm going to lose myself because I'm not doing what I want to do as far as being creative. So it, it it's a balance. Um, but as far as taking criticism, it's like we gotta have context with it. So it's like, yeah, don't it, just criticize me. Just yeah, yeah, like, like, like just because you don't like me. <laughs> yeah, like so. And 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 let, let's talk about 
if you say, I don't like the way you DJ, that's a valid feedback because, I mean, that's your opinion. If you say I'm not a good DJ, you're lying because, <laughs> because I mean, I have hundreds of different people that have a different opinion than you about, who, like, you know, if I'm a good DJ or not. So when it comes to feedback, I definitely take feedback from people that I feel like have good intentions with it. Like, if you just want to, if you want to see me do better and I'm doing something that you know, I might be ignorant to or you might, you got more knowledge than me, I'm definitely going to receive it. If you're just hating, then I'm going to just chalk that up to everybody else that hate on everybody. So, I mean. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about the DJ community, but real quick, one day um, you inspired me so much and you actually inspired um a segment that I have on uh, Needle to the Group called Maxi Singles, where I just have free range talk with mm. one, my friends that's not actually DJs, and we could just chop it up. But it was because of you I was inspired to do that because we were at Bernard's, and um, remember it was the day that you didn't have your speaker cord, and your man had to bring his speaker cord. Um, yes, yeah. And um, you know I was in there, me and you was in there, and um, I remember it started getting a little bit crowded but the promoter the promoter wanted you to play one way but the crowd wanted you to play another way right and you know you were trying to find that fine line and i could see you like i'm i'm here to rock yeah but y'all want me to keep it so smooth and mellow like and i was just watching i was i could see it in your eyes like damn you ready to get busy because like people looking at you a side eye like Oh, he's not dope, and you're like, nah. I know. I gotta follow the rules of the promoter because that's the business side. Right. But absolutely. if it was my call, like I have y'all in here going nuts. And that's why I don't know if you're gonna bring this up. But that's why that's the thing about requests. Yes. A lot of the reason why requests don't work is because like you don't know what I was told to do and what we're allowed to do in this space. And I know everybody think it's just DJ can play whatever you want, but that's hardly the case. I definitely learned that when uh when I started working with the radios that like oh a lot of that stuff is. Programmed. Programmed. So you yeah. can't even like. This is called radio programming. For programming. One thousand percent. So yeah, it's um, it's a fine line between trying to please everybody, and that's kind of why, the business part of it is kind of hard. Um, I, I was just offered a gig to do a uh, homecoming at a high school, and they, they were talking about numbers that I've never seen before. And I'm like, wow. But I was thinking like, I know how high school shit go. Like they want real specific stuff. High schoolers not really. Um, they want to hear. NBA young boy and shit like that, which I got it, yeah. but the school do not want you to play that. So it's like, how do I find a balance between what these kids want and what these um, teachers and parents want me to play? So the business and the create creative part is it, uh, it's a fine line for sure. So how how do you deal with promoters and people like that? Do you do you sit down and have a conversation with them, or do you like, yo, we're going to be clear, like this is. How are we going to do this? 100%. Like, when people book me, um, promoters I'm familiar with, yeah. they know how I get down. So it's like, I want you to do you at this venue. Or it'll be like, uh, this particular promoter was like, oh, yeah, so last time we was in here, uh, there was a fight, and they trying to blame it on the music, so we got to slow it down a little bit. All right, I'll take that direction. But when the crowd is like, what is you doing? Looking at me, I need you to get on the mic and say, hey, this is what we're doing. So they know it's coming <laughs> from you and not from me. And, and uh, when it comes to weddings, I, it, like it's like, 
I don't advertise myself as a wedding DJ because I don't want just anybody random thinking I'm gonna play shout for four hours. <laughs> like people book me because they Put know what I'm. Hands up there. Right. Like, <laughs> nah. like I'm here to play with no hands. And so mm-hmm. if you want me to do that, that's cool. But we always gonna have a conversation beforehand as far as expectations. And that's like a really like a life lesson. Like expectations is the conversation a lot of people need to have. So so assumptions aren't made. Yes. So. Now that you, you deal with promoters and you also being a promoter yourself because you have your own brand, which uh, four years plus in the making. Oh, we, we're about to celebrate our fifth anniversary in December, you know. Salute no to that. Man. Salute to that. Because in Columbus alone, we ain't even got to talk about the business in Columbus alone. Yeah. Having something for five years is just yeah. insane. You know, um, what I'm A lot saying? of things burn out in 12 months just because they're not original ideas, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into <laughs> it. Um, but like I said, you being the owner of a brand, um, you know, shout out to your partners, and then you um, being a promoter, how do you deal with the DJs that you hire? That's a great question. You know Because <laughs> we just had an argument about this. Not an argument, but a discussion. So, usually, when we book a DJ, we're just like, all right, man. So, Orange Soda specifically. Orange Soda. We're talking about Orange Soda. So, it's like, I mean, right. You can plug your other businesses. Yeah, I mean, got. but it's just the, the Orange Soda, we have the conversation, is 2000s music. You can experiment a little bit if you want to do like you know, outside that range, but it's to keep it 2000s. And then almost every DJ go in the 90s bag. <laughs> they go in the 80s bag. And I'm like, damn. So at one point we had contracts like, listen, this is the era this year from this year. If you stray anyway, there's a there's a there's a fine and all that. Have people sign it. But then we got a little lax on that. And what do they do again? We go right. I'm starting to learn. We have real talk. Yeah. A lot of DJs ain't got an hour set in them. Talk so, about it. So it's like, I got to give you, I, I got to be very specific because if I'm not, you're going to like burn out in 40 minutes and they're like, damn, I don't know what to play. I'm going to just play whatever. And then they're in there playing um, fucking uh, FNN. I'm like, no, this is Orange Soda. Like, this is 2000s. That came out last year. What are you doing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, when it comes to DJs and also because I'm a DJ, if they up there fucking up, I don't want to be like. Now you gotta cut that shit out because it's like I would hate for somebody to interrupt my set. Yeah. But if, if like a lot of DJs are too arrogant to to look up and see the crowd not dancing and the pivot, they just like oh I'm doing my thing. I'm 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 gonna stick to what I'm doing and I'm looking like you got to see the crowd not fucking with this and you got to pivot. So moving forward, I think it's gonna have to be foreign shows specifically. We're gonna have to just have contracts and say this is the years you gotta stick to, and if you deviate, we're gonna dock your pay. Because that's the only thing people understand. And let's let's stay in this orange soda bag because I, again, you know, if you heard our first interview, I was at the very first orange soda. So you know, I've, it's like he was well, there. I was there. So you know, I was outside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to watch it where it go now, the the complaints that I get is just it's just for the youngins, and even I've said that. To you or in the chat, like, ah, no, nah, like, my niece goes, like, you know, she's 23, like, I don't want to party with a 23-year-old, True. like, how do you feel about that type of... I think that's so crazy because the first one, you know, a lot of people didn't believe in it, Trav did. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to plug that, I just want to say that. Trav did! Trav did, no. Um, so the first one was 9 to 12. They didn't believe, right? they didn't believe in us. <laughs> they didn't believe in us. No, um, the first one was 9 to 12, four people our age that don't want to be out all night. And the first one is two thousands music because there's hella nineties parties, but I feel like two thousands was like 
about to be the next 90s. So it's like these songs need highlighted too. So I made these, I, we made this party specifically for people between like 1982 to 89, if he was born in those years, specifically. Like it wasn't made for the 23 year olds. Like, but I think for them, like the the, the 2000 music is like 90s music um, to people a little bit older than them. So, and I think it's, um, the younger crowd actually comes and parties. Orange Soda started as a 2000s party, but now it's just really a dance party. Like people come to have fun. And I think a certain demographic age group actually dances at parties and yeah. people our age really don't. They just be no, really fun. I, I, my, my two step is broken. Right. So it's like, <laughs> my, I got so a two and a half step now. They be in there turned up. And I think that's, I mean, that's good. And it's good that we can touch people that just turned 21, 22. And they have people in there. Uh, it's 40 and, and, and older. So it's really for everybody. And I don't, since it did start as a house party BYOB thing, it was kind of like girls on the floor and stuff like that. And, you know, you probably don't want to be around that. But now that it's something that's evolved from that, it's really for everybody. And I assure anybody that's under under the age of 50, if you come to this party, you're going to have a good time. And you're going to hear some joint chant here in a while. Word. Because um, that's just, you know, again, it's just my... my um you don't want to be the old man in the club. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that that was always my fear. Is like, that's why I'd be like, oh, it's for the youngest because my niece, you know, she wants to run around. And I'd be like, ah, that's corny to me to be yeah. the old man in the club. But that's just probably me projecting how I feel on the whole party. Yeah, which, I, I which feel is, like you only the old man in the club if that's how you act. Like, if you in there having a good time, listening to shit, you know, that was out when using your 20s like like what's wrong with that like yeah. I mean like it's only creepy when like old man chasing after young women <laughs> that's what I'm like Can you should probably, like you don't have to be that, that her dad leave her alone literally but as far as like having a good time like I said it, it, it's universal and it's really made for 20s 30s 40s word so how do you go about cause there's only there's only a handful of DJs mm-hmm. Right, and what's your process of picking a DJ for Orange Soda? Because that's important. That's important just for the brand. That's important for the vibe. That's important for their set. That's important because, right, like you said, if somebody has a trash set, like even though it was that specific DJ, they're gonna be like, "Man, Orange Soda, this party whack." (laughs) Yeah, like so. How do you? So this actually happened because the first six of them I did by myself and the shit started getting repetitive. Yeah. So it's like, let's get some variety in here. Let's get the 2000s from a different perspective. So it really just goes into, I don't know if I ever said this out loud before, but so it's me and then it's usually a newer DJ for, for the first slot. And then it's usually like a more seasoned DJ, but somebody that's not, probably not as popping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a headliner. Um, so we just try to find new talent. We try not to re- repeat it anybody, um, unless we have to, but for the most part, uh, we try to find new talent and I don't think that was on purpose at first, but when people, when I know DJs and, and we book them and they go crazy orange soda and people are like, who is this? I'm like, oh, you don't know? Like, like this is, you know, like, so the whole, the whole point now is to like discover a new talent, whether in that first slot or that second slot, and then bring in a headliner somebody that. Um, probably be in different spaces that people don't go to and have them, you know, expose our crowd. 
Okay. Because I, I always wonder, and for the record, you, he was like, Trav, you can open up one time. You definitely did, but we never really followed up on it. And, I, and at that time, I definitely wasn't good enough, or I'm still not good enough to, but I, I can do a half hour set. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, How many records do you think goes into an hour set? Probably like 40, 60, depending on how long you're uh, playing them. Okay. Probably 40, right around 40. Because um, usually, it's DJ Nerd Talk again. Yeah. I go, um, I go first verse, chorus, first verse, and then start mixing in the second chorus, depending on the song. Some songs like uh, Pop That, you got to let you gotta let the whole song go. Yeah. And some other songs like I would just only play the first verse. It's also based on what the crowd's feeling too. But like on an average, I would say probably like 40 songs. And I probably don't know that because I've done so many mixes that I know 40 songs will give me an hour. Yeah. So. so how important is it for you specifically and for the crowd to know the records? Because, again, me and you could... We can go into our, our, a bag where 90% of the people look at us like, what are y'all talking about? Right. Even in our chat where we... we we love you, Soup. We love you to death. But it's always, what the fuck is that? Right. You know what I'm saying? So how do you... He needs to touch grass. He be in the studio too. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely don't come outside. Nah, but... um, So this is an important conversation because when it comes to DJing, once again, the DJ business and the craft, it's like you're playing records, right? But you're not playing for you. You're playing so people can dance or people have a good time. Excuse me. Unfortunately, the era that we're in, um, people... It's going more and more into the, especially hip-hop crowds, they got to know the record. If they don't know the record, they're not going to have a good time. Prime example, the garden party I, I just did, I was playing, I did a little Beyonce set, and then I stopped in the middle. I was like, can I play something new? And I played Virgo's Groove. Great song. Great. Just came out. People was looking at me like I was playing K-pop. I'm like, what do you like? There was a couple people that was singing and fucking with it. Uh, one chick was like, oh, I need to smoke to this. And I was like, yeah, this is one of them songs. But for the most part, people was looking like, what is this? Get back to the give me body. I'm like, this is Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you crazy? Like, and this is one of her best songs. So it's important to if I I can't really put a percentage on it, but I try to stick to songs that people know. So they can enjoy themselves, have a good time. But then I, I, I feel like I'm not doing my job if I don't play a new record or play something that people should be familiar with and try to break records, which is hard to do because everybody, everybody get everything digital now. Yeah. But I try to like for um, I did Club Paradise a couple weeks ago and I tried to I found this Future and Gunna unreleased song. And I was like, I'm gonna play this because it's artists they know, mm-hmm. but they but it's probably a song they never heard because it's not on streaming. And it did what I thought it did. People looked at me like I was crazy again. I'm like, this is future. Yeah. Like, like what is going on? So it, it, it's a it's a balance. But for, I mean, for the business part, if you want to keep getting booked and keep having opportunities to play new music for people, you gotta appease the crowd. So I I, I try to do that. How do you feel? And again, this is real talk. How do you feel about the DJ community here? Because I, me interviewing the amount of DJs that I have, and me just being around DJs, and obviously usual Sussex crew growing up with you know under Rich and O and all that. Me personally, I feel like there's a divide, and I I feel like there's a lot of competition for like no reason. It's okay to be competitive, but I feel like I feel like there's just a lot that. That community is like a shark's tank, man. From my perspective, now you as a real DJ, like how do you feel about the DJ community? 
Oh, let me sip my water. I'm so glad you asked me this. Oh. Yes, yes. This, this is, is why, this is this is why I came here to talk about this. Absolutely. Again, you know, I will say this again and again. We're in a group chat. We literally talk every day, and we have real life conversations, and that's where we ask each other, like, "Yo, this is a judgment free zone, right?" Like, we can say what's real without being judged, and you know. So, so I want to first preface this by saying, this not a DJ problem. This is a Columbus creative community problem mm. this is not this, Talk about this is rappers this is venue owners yeah. this is business owners this podcast bro this is bro let, bro <laughs> this applies to everybody for some reason the urban community here is very split we was just in marvin's with uh, bobby and i was talking to bobby he was talking about orange soda he's like man we gotta go out of town because look at this shit and marvin's was half full he was like this is a nice spot this bitch should be full and he's not wrong i did a gig in cleveland and um, I, I'm expecting a certain type of crowd to show up at a certain time. That bitch was packed when it opened because people actually go out and support each other in Cleveland and Cincinnati and Columbus. I don't know what it is, but people don't support each other. It's always like, oh, you know, you, you ain't no better than me or my man do that, too. Or yes. I ain't going out the house for you. And I'm like, how do we ever get ahead? Now, there's a lot of people. Let's get back to DJs. There's a lot of DJs that DJ because they want to be cool or they want to make money or because or they OG is a promoter, not a DJ. And so they doing it for the wrong reasons. I get that. But there's a lot of people out there that, that are passionate about DJing, that are passionate about the culture, and they still don't get that support because I didn't come up under you or I don't show you the amount of respect that you think you deserve. And it's like, like how do we get to where... I was watching a Kevin Hart interview, um, and he was talking about doing business with The Rock, and how it's like, yes. no, it, it, so it's no egos. It's like, I'm working on this. What you working on? How can I help you? Yeah, we ain't got to worry about the numbers. Like we just collab on this and make it big. But that's how it is when you're secure. I think it's insecurity when you're secure mm. about what you're doing. It's never about like who getting top billing, who's responsible for this. It's just like let's let's c come together and let's do something great. There are plenty of DJs I've interacted with, and it's not. DJs more tenured than me, better than me. I can honestly say better than me, who've always like lend a hand and never like try to big bro me or none of that. You know what I mean? So, and there's other ones that like no matter what I'm doing, I don't get the respect that I, that I feel like I deserve. And so I feel like where does this come from? Is it insecurity? Because um, we can all collab. Shout out to Soundbender Institute in Cleveland. Like they got together and then and, and they're making a a space for DJs to come learn yeah. um, and teach. And we get. There's no reason that's why we don't have it here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to K Nice and Step One. There's no step reason why one, we can't do it here other than egos. It's like who's gonna be responsible for it? Who's gonna get the most credit for it? And I think this shit is whack. And like I said, it's not just DJs. Because rappers don't collab with each other because it's like, well, you rap, I rap too. Everybody should be at breakaway supporting Trickno, but they're not going to because it's like, well, my man rap or yeah. uh That's not yeah, my man. Yeah. He, not, he just I know him, but he's not my yeah, man. Yeah, or you ain't no, ain't no better than me. I mean you just trig, like you know what I mean? Yeah. But then uh when he gets signed or he blow up, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I supported him back in the day when nobody else did. I don't know why he don't fuck with me. So yeah, like I said, it's every it's podcast. It's absolutely podcast. It's everything. And it's like <laughs> as I've gotten older and I've gotten more secure in what I do. I don't mind. We've booked people on our show that I do not fuck with personally. But it's like the, the the bigger goal is to get people exposure and for our crowd to be entertained and to push the culture forward. Right. So, but everybody don't think like that. It's just like, oh, well, 
I don't really fuck with them, so I'm not really. I've never, and a lot of DJs can't say this. I've never told a promoter to not book somebody, but I know there's a few people that told people not to book me. That's cool though. I, I'm not tripping, but well, how, how do you react to that situation though? Because I mean, that's blatant hate. Like, yeah, it, you know, there's no other way around it. That's just hate. Like, how how do you take that like internally? Like, because. You know, obviously we too old, like, and that, that's corny to be out there tussling and fighting. But like, how do you take it? Like, damn, man. Like, so uh, is that a phone call? Like, so you don't want to go on social media and be like, such and such as a hater. Like, I'm definitely not gonna do that. Either. That's, that, that, that's, that's that's corny. Um, so I used to be like, man, that's crazy. Why would they disrespect me like that? I need my respect. But then I thought, like, <laughs> you remember when? Um, uh, Joe Budden was talking to Jay Z about the pump it up beat, and Jay Z was like, "So, yeah, that's my, that's my, it, like, when, when people say something, to me, I'm like, so, like, I'm still about to do orange soda. We still about to sell that bitch out <laughs> every week. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, every month at Scully's, um, we about to go out of town. We going on tour. We, we we brought DJ Drama here, who's never been here. We brought Manny Fesh here for the second time, who's never been here. Yeah. So like, why do I care about what other people think that don't like? Like you, what you say don't affect my business, and then when it do, then we don't have a different conversation because that that's you fucking up with my money. That's my livelihood. But if it's just like hate, like like that looks that says more about you than it do me. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I, I I wish the DJ community again. Maybe it's you know it's underlining. So maybe I'm talking about it and bring it a little bit to the light but yeah. it's like it's like a known thing you know you know um, I was at the redo uh, Memorial Day weekend and I was talking to uh, DJ Mr. King he was like yeah man you know cause we gotta uh, we gotta close this gap I'm trying to I'm trying to bridge this gap I don't know why there's a divide anyway and I was like that was the first time somebody else acknowledged it I was like oh so you see this too it's absolutely a divide between the redo and the orange soda, bro. I'm and and I don't. I know exactly why, but like, why? 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 In your opinion, why? My my my. It's it's the simple way. The, my simple answer might just work. You know, it's just like one plays vinyl and the other one doesn't. Like, if I'm going to, you know, that's it. Like, I'm sure you, the orange soda dudes. Can, or or mo- well, I, I'm not sure all of them, but I'm sure you can play vinyl, right? But and I'm sure the redos can definitely play on Serratos, and we we can get to that conversation. But that's the divide to me is like, oh, this is a vinyl party. So if you got if you're gonna be a DJ on here, you gotta play vinyl, where you know or so does not. But I I don't know why y'all don't mix across. But y'all have y'all had King on, y'all had Crate on, like we had oh. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, so I don't know, I don't know what the problem is, but uh, what I do know is that we can. There's space for everybody. I think people feel threatened for whatever reason, but there's enough room for everybody. There should be no. I have nothing bad to say about the redo. I was, I was at the first redo. When I was at the garage bar. Yes, you seen the picture? You was there. Trav did. <laughs> so, I'm always outside. And but I mean, but it's not just the redo. It's it's like I said, it's the vibe. Yeah, it's in not. It's not. It's not. The, it's not. I don't. I don't want a specific redo yeah. versus orange soda because that's not. The it's thing. literally. It's prime example. <laughs> I hate to bring that shit up, but we all talk about it. Yeah. Why? Okay. So if you see somebody doing something creative on social media, right? 
Um, you would think the response would be, oh, that's dope. Let me repost it. Let me like it. Not, oh, I do that too. Let me show you. How does that help anybody? Uh, egos. Well, so, and that's my thing. Ego, Ego, why? Egos. Like, I don't, I've never seen a DJ do something on social media. I'm like, man, fuck that nigga. I do that too. I don't know why he getting all these likes. It's like, share. Boom. Word. It don't cost you nothing to share unless you're a hater. So let's 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 get into the social media talk. Um, and you know we'll come back to some real talk. But what you've been doing lately, which I peep I peeped your uh, your IG and how you've been doing it. I peep I peeped the whole thing. Numbers a a a. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so with your mashups, like how do you come up? Like you know what I'm saying? You did the uh, the church girl. I need a hot girl. Which was fire to me, like as a, as a, as somebody that knows you, but as somebody listening, I'm like, oh, that's fire! Like that that's my first instance. Like the the gorilla, the living single was funny to me because like who the fuck would have thought putting I'm F R E over a living single, bro? Like right. I'm living, like you know what I'm saying? And then um, the uh, I think you did sweet love and wait for you. Which was Crazy. fire. Like, when you're being in that creative bag, like, what's going through your mind? Like, talk me through that process. I am just thinking about two songs that people like and if they fit together. Um, and, you know, it's, it's more than just putting a acapella over instrumental. If you listen to... I put out the full version of the Church Girl thing. And I Need a Hot Girl got different sections, different build-ups, mm-hmm. bridges and all that. And so does Church Girl. So I had to go through and low-key play the beat where I say different cue points for this section of the beat, this section of the beat, this section of the beat, and press cue, like, and just like, re- basically, um, programming. Yeah, you're programming the beat. <laughs> um, and like I said, it's really just, when you hear Church Girl, you hear that Trigger Man sample, which all DJs know, because that, that's where the bounce came from. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what other song has that in it? And I think Back That Ass Up, great song, but I think I Need a Hot Girl is a better song. So I chose that one. I, I absolutely I need a hot girl. Back. Yeah, back to that's just more. It, it, it might be it's more popular, but I need a hot girl to beat better. Um, and I, I just I was sent from my computer. Yeah, that's bro. <laughs> Wayne Wayne and Turk went crazy on that. So, like I said, just I was sitting in front of my computer and load up Serato, put them together, see how they, see what it sounds like. The Anita Baker and Wait for You. I'm pretty sure I went through three or four beats so I found Wait For You and I was like oh this one works and then uh, what DJs probably know about Sweet Love is that since it was played live it's not it's not not lined up yeah it's not lined up right so you gotta like adjust it as it's playing you gotta speed up in certain parts and slow down certain parts so that's what I did I played the acapella over the instrumental and I was sitting there just turning the knob trying to get it together so um, yeah I'm, I'm just trying to I see what other I say quote unquote DJs on Instagram because they don't really be DJs they be white girls as models that yes. in front of equipment I see what they're doing and it work, it's working and it's working I'm like but I'm really nice so let me <laughs> let me do the same thing but actually put some 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 DJ culture into it and see how the response is and that uh, I forgot which one got tw- no it was the top 10 twerk songs or whatever yeah I, I got that on here too like um First of all, do you feel old when you do like your this song came out ten years ago? So, because I be looking at that shit like, fuck. I'm gonna say this, and I think it might just only apply to me because I don't have any kids yet. I 
sit back and think like sometimes like I'm about to be 38. Why the fuck am I in the club? <laughs> but then I think like I don't feel old because I don't got no kids. Like, but does that mean I'm not responsible? So when when you say that, I don't feel old at all. I feel like the past 20 years been like two or three years. Like the only re- okay, I, and I can give you a specific reason why I feel old because all right, like, like <laughs> I know you said he was listening to Al Green on some headphones, which was wild in the seventh grade. Yeah. But generally, we didn't listen to the same music our parents listened to. Right. Where today, the kids are, the kids and the parents are listening to the same music. Right. And I mean, they're basically arguing, like, you know, we're like, Jay's our golden. And then we expect them to say Wayne, but they say, like, young boy, but we're Bro, all listening Playboy to Cardi, I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but we're all listening to the same music at the same time. I don't like, think so, though, because a lot of people... A lot of people that are younger now, early 20s, never heard Life After Death. And that's crazy to me. Like, that's in my top five. So, yeah. but it's like, but I feel I, like. I, okay, let me say, the kids, today, the kids, let's say a 20-year-old yeah. and a 40-year-old, you have access to the same music you at have the access, same yes. time because it's your phone. Like, yeah. all right, yeah, new song came out by such and such, like, y'all can both go right to your phone where as a kid we couldn't go to a record store by ourselves like no yeah (laughs) I will say um, the good thing about streaming is that and TikTok a lot of them old songs like when they did uh, um, Tony 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 Anniversary Mm -hmm. like when they remixed that like that gives you opportunity to go back and hear the original song but I'll say to your question you only feel old when you start denying the, the new shit when it's like oh that's not for me like I listen to, I'll go see Don Tolliver I'm gonna go see him in Vegas Again, like, 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 uh, like our friend Demetrius right yeah like when you start saying I ain't fucking with that shit that's when you lose cause I'm, I'm at least gonna listen to it I, I, I probably know like three or four young boy songs that I actually like for the most part that shit not for me yeah. or, or like Dirk I feel like Dirk is for the young kids too but when he first came out, he was doing an auto-tune singing shit. I did not like that at all. Yeah, but the songs he make now is hard. So I feel like you only feel old when you start, when, when you draw a line like, yeah, that new shit not for me. I'm sick with the old shit. So when you when you come up with your with your top ten list for whatever era, are you, um, is this where, is this an example of just transitions into another record or blends or you're just dropping a record? Because I, I, to me, I'm like I hear you. Like I hear you slow down the record. Like I'm being technical. Like yeah. I'm looking because I'm like I'm trying to learn. Yeah. So, but I'm like ah, sometimes they're not on beat. So right. is that intentional? No. It's um, it's to fit ten songs in ninety seconds, which is fucking hard to do. Okay. So some of the times, like I could, if I go through and try to mix it, it like it's not gonna fit. So sometimes I'll just drop it. Um, sometimes I feel like. If there's 10 songs, if five of them got good transitions, then, then it's cool. Okay. It's really about, for, with social media, yeah, just, just making the list. Like, you, you making the list and make sure the, make sure the songs is good. Okay. As far as, like, now, I would never, well, let me not say it's never. I would try not to go from, like, 100 BPM to 75 BPM, because that don't make sense at all. Yeah. But, I mean, it like, it's more about, if you're trying to do this on social media, people looking at, if you're talking about top 10 twerk songs, it can't just be, oh, the, like these songs mixed together, good or they don't. They, they want to hear certain songs and you want to make it intriguing. And it's all about uh, view length, which is, social media is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But we, yeah, we, you want to get it. Up, I want to have that conversation with Armand because he's very good at that. Yeah. You want to get people to watch the whole video. So it got to be a build up to the last song. So you'll even notice, or maybe you don't notice, on some of these lists, I say my top 10. 
or, or I, I went through. I was like, yo, and I knew when you said like my my top five songs of the summer. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm expecting people to tell me what they songs is because that's more engagement. Leave a comment if I left a song out, and um, I mean. That your top five is my top five. Yeah. So it's all about engagement, and that's how you grow on social media, which uh, my whole plan for 2023 is to uh, build the brand outside of Ohio and to go national. And it's working already. Yeah, bit. I like I like, I like it. Because I, I know we talked about it, you know, before and what it would take, and you really asked for advice, and you know what I'm saying? And, you know, hopefully I can uh, play my part. Hopefully one, two, y'all can, you know, really... <laughs> Instead of just talking shit all day, like really yeah. come up with something. Um, back to the nerd talk though. You recently got a Rain seventy two, mm. so please explain because um, I was with Otis last night, DJ O Sharp, and he had a Rain sixty two, and yeah. he was, you know, and he was breaking it down to me, and he said he had a seventy two. He said he's just used to the sixty two. Yeah, um, he wasn't really fronting on it, but he was like, I'm just used to the sixty two. Yeah, how do you feel about the Rain seventy two? So. Um, uh, before this, I, I, mean, I still have my S9 uh, Pioneer, and all the controls I have are Pioneer. Um, so it was about the S11 or the Rain 72. The S11 got the touchscreen in the middle, too. Yes. So it's like, and which I can one? And see the waves. Yeah. Right? And, and, and you can do uh, touchscreen effects. There's a lot of shit you can do in the touchscreen other than just the waves. Okay. Um, so Craig got the S11, and I, I, I don't know if I asked him before or after I bought it, but my whole thing with the Rain 72, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Cheaper, <laughs> mm. it was like four hundred dollars cheaper, but and it was also available, and I didn't want to wait like six months for the S eleven. But it's also about two other things. One, the rain, the buttons on the rain are in completely different places, and like if you not familiar with every type of equipment, you gonna go into a club and they have something you can't use, and you are gonna be like, "There's been times early in my career where I, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the equipment, and so I was up there fucking up." Like you know, generally. Most mixers are the same, but I think Rain and Pioneer, they're a little different. Also, the effects on the Rain, I feel like a little better. I feel like the sound card's better. I feel like the mic input's better. Um, and yeah, like I said, the mainly is because it was a little more affordable and it made me a little more versatile. But the second thing was, uh, I was having a problem on my laptop where um, the shit would start, would start cutting off with Pioneer stuff. It happened at some point. It happened with my S9, happened with my controllers. And Rhea was having the same. Oh, don't fret was having a problem. Same problem with her equipment, and so I was don't like, "Don't fret, don't fret, yeah. don't fret." I was like, "That gotta be a, a pioneer problem." So I'm like, "Let me get this rain just in case." And they just discontinued um, some rain mixers. Like they don't work mm. with the latest versions of Serato. So the S9 been out for a long time, and I'm like, I would hate to get the S11, and then then since they decide they don't want to use it no more, um, it just don't work no more with the program. Yeah. So, a, a lot of factors went into it, but um, I like the rain mixer. Um, it took a little getting used to, but the the, the knobs, even the, the fill of the knobs, uh, the crossfader is dope though. So, how like I noticed um, it was an orange soda at Scully's, and uh, I think it was the one that Crate was at. Step one was there, mm. and um, we were talking about we were talking about phases versus needles. Mm -hmm. Like how, and I was actually like, how 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 does the charge hold on the phases? What do you prefer, the phases or needles? Um, phase for sure. Talk about it, like so. We we don't go back to the to the vinyl conversation, but I started DJing when rain when Serato was a thing, so I've never really gotten to vinyl, 
And so I know, you know, people like, you know, they like what they like. They like needles. They like the feel of it. They say nothing responds like a needle and vinyl. Uh, a needle and vinyl, even before a needle with Serato. But phase is just, you don't have to worry about dust. You don't have to worry about replacing needles every six months. Um, vibrations, none of that. The battery, uh, when it first came out, the battery was crazy. It, like, it was fucking up. And some people was like... Um, the little phase controllers would like sweat. The battery was swelling. I get it replaced. I, I I bought. I was like one of the first adapters. I've never had any problems with it. Absolutely, like works one hundred percent. And it's just it gives you that feel of a record, and it gives you the same response without having to go through um, you know balancing the tone arm. And like I said, like dust on the records. Um, me, I, mean, I I sweat a lot, so I was sweating on the record. We and, big know. niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't what it is. But yeah, so Phase, um, especially since they stopped making the sure uh, needles, I think Phase is uh, definitely a good investment. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't use it unless you're trying to use vinyl, which obviously you need needles for that. All right, so I had DJ Vicious on here, and Vicious went in about. Controllers versus 12s. Mm -hmm. I've seen you rock with both. I've seen you do videos with both. I've seen... I've seen you be dope with both. What is your stance on 1200 versus controllers? So, let me ask you... And you and Marlon shitted on the controller that I, bro. I have. I didn't take it personal, but it was super funny. But I definitely had to talk shit back. Bro, y'all, yeah, and we go, we definitely gonna get to the, your podcast. <laughs> we definitely gonna talk about nah. that. But how do you feel about twelve hundreds versus controllers in twenty twenty two? Like, so can you give me like one or two sentences on what his opinion was, he, or why he didn't like controllers? The, the main thing he said is, if you have a controller, you can do ninety nine point eight percent. If you're dope, mm. if you're if you, if you're dope on a controller, you can do ninety nine point eight percent. If you're dope and you have twelve, if twelves, you can do a hundred percent. He said that's the difference. Like you can be, you should have. If you're dope on twelves, you should be in super incredible on controllers. Yeah. And if you're, but if you if you're okay on controllers, you're gonna suck on twelves. I agree with that. Um, it's kind of like I would say it's like driving a manual transmission car in 2022. Like it's good to have that skill, but why? Like like it like gas mileage? Like I don't understand. If if if, if the point is to play music at a high level, um, have great transitions, rock the party, and scratch, you can do all that on a controller. Um, if you can do it on, but. I will say there's value in knowing how to use turntables because um, it, turntables just feel better. Like the platter's bigger. It's more of a natural feel. I started on turntables. Um, and But the downside is that's three boxes you're carrying in. Um, <laughs> for people like me who still carry their own equipment. There's three boxes you're carrying in. That's three outlet plugs. <laughs> um, and if you don't have phase, that's more things you got to consider. Slip mask needles, records. Um, it's very expensive. And also, it's very expensive. So, if you're starting out... My controller is $300. Right. It's like, it's like if you want to learn how to play the piano, if you want to learn how to play the piano, you can buy a $50 MIDI keyboard, plug it into your computer, you got a piano. You can buy a grand piano. Like, why would you... If you're starting out, start with that. So, I, I definitely encourage any DJ 
Um, and the ones that come up under me, they're all in line to get turntables here in the future. Um, but if you just starting out, a controller is fine. And plus, at like weddings and stuff, like you already carrying all these speakers and stuff. So like, um, do you need the turntables or is it for the look? I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell y'all a secret. I take turntables of orange soda because it look better in pictures. I'm not doing nothing extra on there. Um, but it also feels better. Like I like I said, like yeah. Yeah, the, the the feel of it. If they make controllers with twelve inch plat, well, they do. They make they make the rain twelves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then even those, I'm like, why would you buy that? It's eight hundred dollars. A turntable is a thousand, and all you can do on that is play the, through the computer. At least with a turntable, you have the option to do both. So, I don't know. I um I've seen people that I thought was super anti controller use controllers, um, and I'm like, it don't really matter. At the end of the day, like you playing music, can you play music well? Yeah. How, um, one thing I've noticed, and I've always wanted to ask you this, like, how do you DJ without headphones? Um, that shit, and trust me, I've practiced, and I feel it now, you good. I, I feel it, like, but it's like, yo, like, how do you, how do you do this? Like, so, mom, I'm in the middle of an interview. <laughs> I'm in the middle of an interview, Mom. I'm sorry, people. This is live. I'm not editing this out. She just walked into my crib like she always does. Anyway, like, how do you DJ without... How do you... I'm um, sorry, y'all. My mom is just, like, interrupting me in the middle of this. Peace. Peace. I'm, I'm doing something. Um, how do you DJ without headphones? So, um, a big thing is... I study the music before I play it. And so I like to go into parties prepared with cue points and, and whatnot. Um, so I know what I'm about to play. And I know if you look at the waveform, how it starts and all that. And I I mean, I use headphones. If I'm about to play a song, somebody requests a song or something that I've never heard before and I got it, I'll like put my <laughs> headphones in, see how it, and listen to how it, how it, you know sounds yeah but once again i started on serato so um beat matching looking at this the screen is not a problem for me i also know how to beat match by ear but once again who am i doing that for <laughs> like like i'm making shit harder on myself just to appease a crowd for, for the culture yeah for the culture <laughs> we don't talk man for the culture let's talk about culture for a second talk about it so because I, I I feel I feel away and I and I'll let you get your point off. Um, I'm on my combat jack interrupting you. Um, I feel away because I feel like doing doing something correctly and dope for the culture per se is important. Mm -hmm. Like if you're gonna be a dope MC, you should be a dope MC. Whether you can make the radio joints, you can make the trap joints, just be nice. That's always been my thing. If you if you DJ, you should be nice. Like, you can go out there and steal a bag from, you know, whatever, 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 but you should be nice. Like, and I and I respect the culture, so that's why I would want to be like, I'm DJ Trap Dave. Like, no, I'm Trap Dave that likes to practice DJ. Right. So I respect the culture. But, you know, people be like, Trap, there's bags on the table. You leaving bags on the table. You, like, you got relationships with everybody. You should be able to go out there. And I'm like... And I'm not that good yet. Yeah. I know it. So I don't want to just go out there and just be like, yo, you pay me $300 and I'll stink your shit up. And then, right. <laughs> like, nah, because that's a reflection of me. Right. Um, when it comes to the culture, I think people got to understand the culture evolves. Um, mm. 
the, co- the, the culture now is Serato laptop. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm not using it to its full potential, like, why? Why wouldn't I use it to its full, full potential? I can look on the screen and, t- like, visualize if these two songs match or not. Um and, I'm, and and that's never led me astray. <laughs> so it's like, why do it now? You literally build a brand that's about to be five years. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm about to, listen, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the works. We're about to be out. We're going on tour. So, yeah. I mean, you know, like like this stuff has led me astray. So why do it the old-fashioned way unless I, if I don't have to? Now, if it's vinyl and, you know, ain't nothing on the screen, and even some mixers will tell you what the BPM is, on the mixer because it, it reads the vinyl. A lot of people don't know that. Um, yeah. Then I gotta do it by ear, and then I, and, I, and there's no problem with that. Like, but I think people. I've been wanting to say this for a long time. I'm gonna ask you. Why do people shit on people that don't know how to use turntables, or that don't on a regular? I, I think I think I think they shit on them because it's a skill set. That's like considered a high skill set, and some people just don't know how to do it or they don't got it. So it's an easy, you know, it's like, why can't you dunk? Like, well, no, <laughs> I'm I, not like, I don't have that skill set. Here's a great, I, I can shoot a jumper though, I can dribble, I can, I can reverse layup. <laughs> right. Here's a better example there's photographers everywhere. You get yes. you a digital camera, you take pictures, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, my dude just started a year ago. Now he's he's on fire in Columbus because his pictures is fire. But he don't develop his own pictures. Is he not a real photographer? I mean, if you want to get that technically. No. I mean, I, I, why? Like, you, technically, like, just take pictures. So, so you got to be you got to develop your own pictures to be a photographer. Because I know a lot of people that don't. I know. I, I'm <laughs> just technically, you know. I'm pretty sure I said this. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should, like, the way I look at stuff is, like, maybe you should, like, house music. I, I like house music. I, I don't love house music. But before the Drake and before the Beyonce, before the dance culture, like, one of my OGs loved house music. So I took it upon myself to go study who Larry LeVan was and learn about these discos and that, that turned into house music and where... A warehouse in Chicago turned into house music and the difference between Chicago and Detroit and Jersey and Baltimore. Like I went and studied that. I, I think a lot of people don't go and study their craft. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people just do it because, like you said, it's to get popular or get a quick bag or the chicks or whatever. A lot of people don't study their craft. Whatever it is, whatever they decide to be for that month. They don't even study it. They just hop on IG and all of a sudden I'm a DJ. Like, Burn, you would look at me crazy if I just I'm a DJ Trav and blah blah blah. You would you would literally hit me every day in the chat like, you bugging out, bro. That's the same way. Like I would never you would never even say out loud that I'm a producer or that I make beats because I don't know what I, I still know what I'm doing, but I'm I'm working on it. But in that same sense, it's like but people don't study their craft. That's that's my point. And DJing is a craft, bro. It's a it's an art form that people think, yeah, I just plug in my computer and I got Serratos, and now like, no, that doesn't make you a DJ. I don't care. I don't care how far your playlist is, bro. So let me think of a one. 
Because if, if that's the case, bro, we're all DJs because everybody makes a fire playlist. So, because, okay, so oh, a long time ago, I wish I would have saved it. And I'm pretty sure I said this on the last interview. Um, DJ Scratch, somebody asked him, like, how he defined a DJ. He was like, if you can play one song and make your way transition to the next and it don't sound crazy, that's the foundation. Everything else on top of that makes you a better DJ, but that's the foundation. And that's how I feel. It's like, if you can play two songs, because I can, because I'm like that, I can, I can hook up two phones and blend one song with the next. It don't matter what equipment I'm using. So, but, and, and, and people would- Say that again? You like that? Because I'm like that. I'm really like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, like, don't get it. Tw- Listen, man. Yeah, yeah, man. We're going to talk about it. But I just feel like, if you ask me, this isn't direct. It's not directed to anybody in particular. And I ain't talking to nobody <laughs> in particular. <laughs> oh, your Jay shit. But I mean, if you, if you feel some kind of way, that I mean, might it might apply to you. Well, I, I, I think people hold on to vinyl because that's the only thing they got left to separate them from that from everybody else, mm. and they insecure. Because if not for that, like you just a regular DJ like everybody else. Talk about it. So that's what I think it is because I've seen people. I want to talk about Don't Fret for a second. You know, she... I was at her first gig. Tab did. Y'all didn't believe, but he did. So <laughs> we um we, we went to D.C. for Orange so No big deal. We, we went on tour. Uh, and then we, well, she rode in the car with me. Oh, yeah, that was a bad incident, right? Was, what? Was equipment oh, that was the second time. Oh. The first time, though, she went, oh. rode back with me. She talked about how she always wanted to DJ. She didn't know where to start. And I was like, listen, man, I'll teach you. I ain't going to charge you, but you better do something with this. Otherwise, you're wasting my time. So she drove from Dublin to Reynoldsburg two times a week for several months, um, got her lessons in, took the time to spend money to buy equipment so she can learn on her own. And then these other older DJs approaching her like, like it's all good until she mentioned, yeah, uh, Burn is, is my mentor. Then it's like, oh, well, you ain't got no vinyl. You can use turntables. These same people and other female DJs comment sucking dick like, oh my God, you're amazing. And they you and they've got no vinyl. They ain't got they ain't got turntables. So it's like, why are you fronting on her just because she associated with me? Yeah. And there's a lot of that going around. And I just want to say that, like, you know, you feel however you however you feel about me, she don't deserve that though. Like she deserves uh encouragement and encouragement and guidance and the opportunities that I didn't have because I like I didn't learn from anybody for whatever reason. We both uh don't fret. We yeah, we definitely did. So, all right, we at the point now where we got to talk about put it on a record and okay. go to the groove. So, <laughs> for those who don't know, I have a podcast. Obviously, Burn has a podcast, a yep. DJ podcast. Yep. It roughly started around the same time. Correct. Um, my only and I I said it to you privately and I I can say it to you publicly. My only problem was we literally talked every day and you did not tell me that you were starting the podcast because in my mind, the thought process would have been, hey, let's do this together. Why? Because I'm going to be honest, like I'll be scared to do shit by myself. So it'd be like if I have somebody to bounce off ideas with, it is strengthen my confidence. Right. So. When I seen <laughs> put it on the record, I was like, "What the fuck, like, nigga? We talk every day. Like, you should have just told me. Like, 
And the only thing that really bothered me is in the beginning of Needle to the Groove, I asked you to be on the show early yeah. because I was out of respect. I'm like, I talk to this nigga every day. Like, he definitely should be one of the first guests. You did. And I felt like you spun me. And then I felt like Reba spun me. So I'm like, all right, so listen. This, I was like, both of these niggas spun me. Like, wow, like, dog. Like, I'm, I'm not going to speak for her because you have to ask her directly. But it's my understanding that y'all had a date, it got canceled, and you didn't follow up. And she showed me the text messages. That's what happened. You you talked to her about that. Was it like a month out? She was like, yo, I can't do it no, for like a, no. like a month. Because that's the conversation I remember. Well, what I remember was the day before you hit her up, make sure she was still there. And I think the day of, you canceled, and you never followed up. That I mean, I mean but like I said, yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. speak for her. For me, two things happened. One... I created the uh, put it on record um, pod bean. That's, that's that's where we go to account. Well before me and you had a conversation about doing a DJ podcast, I just never followed up with it because I was waiting on them. And then um, you asked me to be on there. Literally at that time, it was like I was moving, and I'm like, I don't really have the space to do it, So, but, but, but we don't get down. And if I, I, I swear on my unborn kids, I just forgot. I literally forgot about being on the podcast. And then so when I started mine up, my thought wasn't even like these are similar or I'm just going to do my own thing. Fuck him. Whenever I do something um, and anybody that works with me can, can tell you this, like I like doing shit on my own because I like moving at my own pace. I ain't got to wait for nobody. I ain't got to like whether it's slow, slow me down or speed me up. I like to put it out when I put it out. And um, yeah, so, this is, so, so that's why we started it. And yeah, and, and nothing to do with. Um, what you're trying to do, or even though they're similar, I didn't learn till I started this po- uh, the, the podcast that I started that there are like several Columbus DJ podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, and it's not like I was like, yo, I'm the first ever. Yeah. Like I've never tried to give credit. My my old shit started literally by accident. Like me and O was sitting here talking. And he was like, why don't you record it? And I was like, all right, but yeah. <laughs> like, and and my, my thing, which I say on every episode, is that like. I only talk to other DJs like 15 minutes before we about to get on or when I book them or when we transition in from them DJing to me DJing. And it's like, it's good to have these long form conversations about what equipment did you use? Or some of these people I don't even know. Like I didn't know, uh, little retro. So went to OSU and she, uh, uh, and she from Dayton and she, she's a dance major. Um, or like, uh, I went to damn girl. I didn't know Black Unicorn like just got with them recently, and the other two people have been in the music industry for almost 30, 20, 30 years, like, and they're DJs. So it's like these conversations need to be had, but uh, I do feel like you know this was long overdue. And, oh yeah, and I want to say in general, we gotta talk about you for a second. <laughs> um, I think we come from an era of like we don't want niggas to shit on us. Yes. And we don't want to feel like we're begging. So I feel like you might have a hard time following up. And <sighs> I, and, and like I, I say that because I do. It's like... Yeah, because I, I just don't... You don't want to seem like you're begging. Yeah, it's like, you know, like I always quote this Jadakus line, and I and I hate that I'm like this, but I'll be like, I'm stuck with I'm stuck with because I don't suck dick. Yeah. Like, yeah, nigga, like I'm not about to be... I'm not about yeah. I'm just not about to do all that. Right, like <laughs> it's just not who I am. Like, and you know. I, I know some people will try to spin you, and I know who those people are. But with me, anybody's listening, it's literally if I don't put it in my calendar, I'm gonna forget. And if you don't follow up, like 
it's not like I'm trying to get you to beg me. It's like, please remind me because I'm going to forget. Um, the mix, for example, I forgot about that until I was looking at my phone like, damn. But like, send me this. Yeah. I'll listen right now because I'm not going to remember. So it's all about following up. And you, I, you definitely didn't give me feedback on it. Oh, I was waiting until I see you in person because it was going to be a, I didn't want to type it all out and I didn't want to do a voice note. But yeah, I, I definitely have feedback. I definitely listened to it more than once. And it like I think we got to get out of one, asking people for help. Two, asking people for favors. And three, um, following up. We got to get out of the mindset of not wanting to do that because otherwise we never going to get anywhere. I um, recently sent Trex Music off to somebody. I can't say who. Um, and I followed up with him because I'm like, if I'm waiting for you to tell me See, what you think about this song, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got our industry, our industry nah, people. <laughs> if I um, if I wait for somebody else to follow with me, it's like, oh, you must not be hungry. Same thing with gigs. Like, there was Club Paradise, for example. Um, I just did that. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Yeah. But there are DJs that I've heard that's like, oh. Uh, I don't fuck with them because they ain't booked me for orange, orange soda. And I'm like, well, did, who'd you ask? Because you definitely didn't ask me. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, on the one hand, I'm like, I'm hot. I'm like that. You should be asking me. But on the other hand, it's like, I need to humble myself and say, damn, I really want to do this. It, it, it would be a privilege and an honor for me to do this. And that's yeah. what happened with Club Paradise. And they called me. And then, boom, I did it. So um, I think we all need to get rid of our egos and just say, like, you know, we, we if we want to make something happen and it's strictly business and just put it out there. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've been talking about collabing on something. Um, you know, we th- th- threw around the idea a couple times in the group chat. I don't want to say it on the mics right now, but, uh, you know, me and Brian are definitely, we want to do something with both of our podcasts with the interview. So uh, that will probably happen in 2023 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um couple more questions man how do you feel when you're just um in the club with your wife congratulations on the marriage thank you congratulations is a big deal um how do you feel when you're just a casual listener when that dj spinning i that's not you know don't fret you know i haven't been a casual fan since i started djing and i can't turn it off so i'm listening like that's what i'm saying like if you're out in the spot and the dj's playing i'm listening I'm, like, I'm, I'm, but are you really critiquing? Like, are you so? Or you can't enjoy yourself. Here's my thing. Like, I, I'm listening because I'm paying attention to transitions and song selection. But I'm never like, oh, this nigga trash, or oh, I'm better than him. It's more like oh, that was kind of rough. Or, <laughs> but you never know what that DJ is going through. You never know if this is a request. If once again the promoter putting pressure on them, they having a bad day. So it, so. I'll I'll just listen and be like, oh, that was dope. Or, "Mm, that was kind of rough. And then a lot of times I I like to go up there and politic, like, you know, what's up? You know, I don't assume anybody knows who I am. Yeah, me. So it's like, boom, DJ Burn, blah, blah, blah. Um, You got an IG, let's link. That's another thing that I just recently got out of of my own way doing. Like, something about people in Columbus think that following people on Instagram and liking posts is like big currency. It's like, I ain't gonna follow that nigga. I ain't gonna like his post. Like, fuck that nigga. So, I mean, it was dope. Nah, I ain't about to repost that shit. Fuck you. Yeah, social media is fucked up the world. 
it, it, it's done a lot of good, but it's done a lot of bad, especially in the black community. I, so now I uh, I follow every DJ because I'm like I'm trying to see what you're doing. How can we inspire each other? Um, you didn't ask me, but the top the top ten quick mixes that definitely came from um, DJ Artistic in LA. Okay. Because uh, I I saw he was on Instagram or on, on Twitter doing. He's nice. He's nice, and he's and nice. he's not. He's actually mixing each song and like like like. Yeah. But you know, on Twitter you can do it in long form. You got you got, you got two minutes twenty seconds on Twitter. On Instagram Reels, you got ninety seconds, so um, it, it's a little harder. But yeah, so we can learn something from every, from everybody, and even like if you go to a city, kind of like uh, I think you said this about vicious uh, in the chat, like how he don't take his own equipment to cities. Yeah. Because if you network, you can say. Oh, I know you from social media. Uh, I'm in town. You got a mixer I can use real quick. Can I use a setup? I'll charge you some dollars. Or can we just link up? Like, you got a gig. Let me come check it out. Let me come see how you rock. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and it's not about like, oh, I think I'm better than you. Or you think you're better than me. So I ain't fucking with you. It's just about, we both DJs. We do it different. Yeah. Let's learn something from each other. So, I had a DJ one time. Wanted to go through my library to see if they see if some shit that they didn't have. I'm like, sure. I don't like like. I'm well, not a hater. I literally gave you my hard drive and you just put music on it. Yeah. Like, you definitely not a hater. Yeah. You definitely just was like, all right, nigga. Like, you figured out. Like, you gotta play the music still. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not a hater. It's not like I'm not giving away vinyl. Um, it's just MP3s that you could download, or I could save you some time. And there you go. So why not network? Why not come su support each other? We all doing dope shit, but like, <laughs> I've, I've never recently I said something on my podcast about being the best at R and B parties, and Craig said something like, something in the line of like, you tripping, I'm better, but it wasn't like a I don't fuck with you now because you think yeah. you're better than me. Like that's how it should be. Like. If you are good at your craft, you can be competitive. It can be healthy, healthy. Um, you know, being competitive and all that. But I like just the underlining shit bothers me a little bit. Like, but that comes that comes with a lot of shit. Though, so. Yeah, like I I never take it personal if somebody rocking a set and said, uh, "I'm the best at this shit." Like, all right, cool. Like you you rocking. Like I'm I'm. Or you're not, and it still don't matter. Like well, what I'm you saying? So, so like, <laughs> listen, man. I got a lot of gigs coming up. Um, I've made a lot of money DJing. Um, every time I DJ, somebody come up to me and look at me like that was crazy. And like I said on Twitter recently, like the best compliment I've ever gotten is that I know how to read the crowd. And I've gotten this from other DJs that I respect. Like they put me on the gigs that they can't do. They like. He's a good DJ. He know how to read the crowd. He'd be perfect for this. And it's mostly weddings. So as long as I got that, and as long as every weekend me, Don't Fret, and Recio is booked at the same time, like, I don't care about anything else. Yeah. That's my main goal. And, 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 we, and I got two more DJs in the stash. I'm going to keep passing this knowledge on. That's my goal. What what, what, what people got to say about who better than who? There's a lot of DJs that's better than me. Shout out to y'all. I can't scratch worth a damn. And I've been trying to beat Juggle for the longest, and I can't do it. That's cool. Um, but we about to be at forum for many for many fresh six hundred people there. You know, yeah. I mean that's that's yeah. what I care about. Yeah. Um last question, man. What do you want your legacy to be in DJ? Oh well I just said, um, don't fret, who's about three years in, but she booked every other weekend. No, yep. every weekend. She about to be at Marvin's uh today. 
Um, and Riccio, who is a lawyer, <laughs> so she just doing this because um, she like music. Different. Yeah, and um, bag is different. And uh, all three of us gonna be at Breakaway tomorrow, doing the silent disco, and that's my legacy. And shout out to DJ Black. DJ Black is somebody I just met. He said he went to uh, he went somewhere and asked the DJ to show him the ropes, and, and the nigga was like, "Nah." And I'm like, "Well, maybe that person don't have the skill set to teach somebody else, or don't have the time." But I think it was probably just like a nah. I don't, like I don't want to put you on. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm all with it. And shout out to uh, Stacy. You know Stacy, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's in Vegas. Vegas, yep. I'm about to start teaching her too, and you know she's very uh, house EDM, all that. So yes. that's about to be a different look. Good people. Um, that people. that's gonna be my legacy. Like if they go further than me, which they should, um, that's what well, that's what I want, want my legacy to be. Um, Orange Soda has already been uh, stapled in the Columbus culture forever. So that's that. We try to take it on tour and make it a national thing. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to do. Um, Dope, man. Um, well, one thing I, I would want you to do, though, uh, and then we can wrap this up, man. I would love for you to do the redo one time, man. I think it would be dope, man. I, I know you got to get the final up, but uh, I think that would be dope. But besides that, bro, I want to thank you as past due. Again, shout out to Trey, shout out to Sue. One, two, y'all, yeah, know what it is, man. Um, we literally talking, arguing, debate this hip hop shit every single day.